Hello and welcome to the One Take Show, a podcast where we celebrate incredible conversations with some fantastic people. In this episode, joining me is Miss Mini Gyan Gautam. Ma'am is a partner at Equilaw. She specializes in corporate commercial laws and data privacy laws in various other fields. She has previously worked as a senior legal manager at National Stock Exchange of India. And in this episode, she talks about her experience in law school. She also talks about the various strategies that we can use to navigate a successful career in in-house roles in law firms. I think this is the kind of conversation which was indispensably required in this podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you like, share and subscribe. Stay tuned to the very end of this episode because this is the kind of conversation that will change your perspectives. And ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right in. Hello ma'am, welcome to the One Take Show. What a pleasure it is for any law student, maybe me or anyone else to learn from your vast experience, to grow with that experience and actually talk about all those uh, various topics that we are going to cover which is going to add so much value to anyone who tries to learn from your experience and follow your footsteps itself. So thank you so much for taking time off your really busy schedule sitting down with me for this amazing conversation that we're going to have. You're most welcome Kostar and I think you're doing great work. It's a great initiative that you have and are bringing experience of professionals to the law students and you know so that they can also learn from the experiences of others. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. Thanks for reaching out to me and great work. Just keep it up. Thank you. Thank you so much ma'am. Uh, before we get into uh, the various uh, topics that we would like to cover in this conversation, obviously they are very important. A major aspect about conversations with legal professionals is their journey with law and what inspired you to uh, pick up law as an area or as a field that has inspired you and what was your journey with law school and your initial phases. So please could you tell me a little bit about your journey? Sure, Kostap. So the thing is, you know, I think uh, law is more like a way of life, you know, it is not just, uh, it's not just any other means of livelihood. It's uh, called a profession and uh, it is something that you carry with you through your life. So that is why, you know, being a lawyer, uh, I was really interested in law, uh, you know, we did civil uh, civil rights in school. And then after that, you know, uh, I had an idea of, uh, you know, what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something which can make a difference to society as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Uh, the thing with law is it is uh, very interesting and uh, it is a lot of common sense so Mm -hmm. you know uh, most of the legal subjects you see you know they are completely based on common sense what is contract law it is nothing but you know just basic sense that you know if I am giving you a pen and you are paying me for it and that is how there is a proposal there is an acceptance there is a consideration and that is a legally binding contract so most of uh, legal principles and tenets are based on common sense they are based on you know practical usefulness to society as a whole and of course you know maintaining law and order in the society and uh, law I think has uh, really grown over the years so you know earlier the way law was perceived and the way it is perceived now there is a marked change even when I joined law school about like uh, 15 years ago and today there is a big difference in the kind of options available for lawyers So the options were uh, very limited at that time, but now, you know, every day law is expanding as a field, as a profession. So Mm -hmm. there is just so much that you can do, you know, you will never have a dull day as a lawyer. So in law school as well, you know, uh, most of the subjects I found that they were very interesting. There was the law of contract 
this has always been my favorite and it is something okay. that i found has uh, helped me throughout my life and of <laughs> course you know companies act transfer of property act and all these things have really uh, you know built the foundation on what i am doing today the principles uh, have really helped me and uh, i think um, the interest developed then but of course you know law school does not prepare you at all for what life of a lawyer actually yeah. is <laughs> and it is only when you spend a few years in the profession even then you know if i see my journey you know so first two years next two years there's like it's like you're growing every day tremendously so you know the kind of lawyer that you are when you set out the kind of lawyer that you are after five years and the kind of lawyer that you are after 10 years there's a lot of difference which is yeah. why you know they say that uh, as a lawyer uh, the best thing is that you're learning and you're growing every day and mm-hmm. uh, you you mm-hmm. you basically never get tired you'll never get bored because there's so much happening so the, i think in my journey that's what's uh, thrilled me the most that you know there is just so much to do and so much to learn wonderful wonderful i think uh, this is a principle which uh, really somehow defines this entire career option that a lot of students now have picked up and now with these changing times are now are trying to explore more and more such uh, various fields which are now ancillary to legal field one of those fields is uh, the uh, uh, the position of an in-house counsel uh, you've had an experience right. a very rich experience for that matter with in-house counsel mm-hmm. and i would like to learn from you what was your experience with in-house counsel and uh, what was the various transformations that you've observed in uh, the career option that in-house counsel offers to various aspirants in the legal field so gossip see uh, i see many good law students you know they have this uh, mindset that we need to enter a law firm we need to be in one of the big law firms right mm-hmm. but uh, you know i uh, started my career as an in house counsel and after that you know i was careful to select uh, in house jobs where the exposure was more and what okay. i found is that the in house role has really evolved over the years so it is not uh, limited at all you know working if you are mm-hmm. working in a company where most of the work is done in house because mm-hmm. see cost cutting is a mandate for all organizations so Absolutely. most organizations are trying to build their own uh, teams which can advise them on day to day on operational issues and only when they have a bandwidth issue that they you know reach out to external law firms so the mm-hmm. idea is to have the those capacities inbuilt within your system within your company so mm-hmm. which is why you know in all the in house roles that i did and uh, after a point i was very picky with the ones that i was choosing and i was uh, always very careful to ask you know how much of the work is actually done in house so only where the work was de- being done in house and i was sure that the exposure would not be uh, in any way lesser than that of a law firm i mean of course you know there are certain uh, definite differences between the role of a lawyer and uh, you know with then a company and the role of a lawyer and external consultant but uh, uh, despite that you know to the extent possible because some companies they are not so uh, they are not so keen to build their own expertise they are okay with you know on a case by case basis hiring law firms but the companies which do build uh, you know are more conscious of building us uh, of building a strong in house team and i have seen that is the growing trend amongst uh, most organizations so there the role of a lawyer has really evolved because a lawyer who is working with a company from within he knows the uh, he or she they know the business inside out so you are constantly dealing with the with your basically when you work in house your business is your client so mm-hmm. you are constantly interacting with them you are constantly uh, you know learning about the business from them so i have had you know my business team show me how construction equipment works and that has you know these are the things that as a obviously you know that you don't spend that kind of time when you are an external advisor but when you are working within a company then you are really that interest develops because you know in what 
whatever the business of the company is you really develop a keen sense of business you develop a keen understanding into the company's business and financials and uh, basically you know the company at the back of your hand Okay. and then uh, the kind of you know advice that you give it is uh, specifically catered in fact even when you work in house and you are you know taking uh, external advisors on board so then you are in a position to tell them so you know just by virtue of working in a place day after day you know everything about the place you know everything you know the pain points of the company you know the issues and challenges which are specific to the company and even if you are getting an external advisor on board you are in a position to act as a kind of a medium between them because as a lawyer you already know the law and because you are working as an in-house counsel you also know the commercials very well so you help to plug the gap between external consultants and your own company so Perfect. from that perspective i found that the in-house roles were very very fulfilling and uh, definitely uh, they are definitely not uh, boring or it's not that you don't get any exposure in an mm-hmm. in-house mm-hmm. role that uh, whole mindset change has already happened okay so, okay and for the legal aspirants who are trying to enter this field and perhaps exploit the opportunities in in-house roles what are those basic key attributes or let's say the skill sets that you would suggest that every legal aspirant should uh, somehow aim to acquire to make themselves suitable for such roles so one of the things is like you know they should be really willing to learn and listen so uh, you know uh, because uh, every company every in, uh, you know comes from a separate industry right so you should be really willing and interested in learning about that specific industry so okay. if you are working with a media company you should be keen to know how a media company works if you are working in a non banking finance company you should be keen to know how a non banking finance company works if you are working hmm. in an fmcg you should so you should be really you should have that interest and you should take out the time and that uh, make that effort to uh, really understand the nuances of that particular industry because okay. once you do that you can give better advice because as a lawyer you will always ha- know your general laws but the laws that are specific to your industry one you should be very thorough with them so whichever organization you want to join you uh, you should be very clear on what are the laws that are applicable to this specific industry to this specific sector to this specific company and then you should have those at the back of your hand and then you will of course you know uh, you should be willing to take advice from your business team from your commercial team uh, you should be willing uh, to speak to your promoters at the drop of a hat so uh, you know that is the kind of involvement that is expected from in house lawyers now that at any point of time the chairman can call you to you know brief him or her at any point of time and you need to have everything at the back of your hand all the facts of whatever is happening whatever the legal issues you are handling and uh, specifically the laws that are specific to your particular company right right and i think that somehow exemplifies all the basic requirements that one should keep in mind when they try to somehow uh, find their interest in in-house roles and also pursue their interest yes. in this field yes uh, you could uh, work in a specific industry or if you want you can get a flavor of different industries as well see normally what happens if you stick to an industry too long you'll get typecast and then you know uh, you would probably so my advice to most people is that uh, do more of a general kind of a role where you are getting exposure to all the general corporate laws and also so that you become uh, industry agnostic so then you can shift from one industry to another very easily rather than uh, unless your passion uh, lies in uh, you know one particular industry and you really enjoy that work and you want to stick to doing that uh, for you know the rest of your life but if you are not sure then you should keep your options open and you know uh, have more of a general idea of everything 
Right, right. I think you've already answered this, but are you suggesting that we should promote some sort of industrial versatility as against of industrial specialization in the particular field? Uh, yes, because see, if you are sure that okay, if you are like really interested in IPR and you know I'm okay with doing this for a long time, but what if you're not? You know, so then you should at least, especially in the initial years of your career, you should have an idea because general corporate is a field. See, some of the basic principles will apply everywhere. So contracts and you know uh, real estate related issues. These are there in almost. every company and some basic ipr issues so that is a uh, basic understanding of everything you must have and then after that if you wish you can build on that you can you know you really enjoy one particular area because uh, there's also a demand for niche uh, practitioners but if you're not sure of what you want to do then the best thing is to have more of a general idea and especially you know later if you want to join a law firm or you want to work in a more varied role then uh, you know it is always good to have an uh, idea of more things because many mid uh, mid size law firms uh, nowadays everybody is advising on everything so it is best if you can get as big an exposure as possible perfect perfect and as you've mentioned that there are further stages in your career where you can actually exploit such versatility as you mentioned one can actually move to a law firm this brings me to your experience personally where you've had a shift from in house roles to being a partner in a reputable law firm and you've obviously had a very uh, a very variety sort of uh, the engagement when it comes to matters or perhaps the engagement in areas of law uh, what was that experience like and what inspired you to make that shift from in house roles to being a partner in a law firm Sure. So uh, even in the initial days of my career, I did have a stint at a law firm for a while. But uh, yes, predominantly my exposure was more of in-house roles. But uh, you know, uh, as I said, I carefully chose those in-house roles which were giving me good exposure. So uh, you know, I find that uh, in today's time, that uh, boundary has become blurred because if you are a committed professional in an in-house role and you have you know given that kind of time and effort and invest. that kind of energy in actually understanding the laws and not just mm-hmm. giving you know robotic advice because okay. uh, you know business often comes in uh, the you know earlier the uh, mindset was more that you just have to go to legal to get a on paper approval but now it's not like that now the legal team is a risk mitigation center so you are supposed to understand identify all the risks communicated to your business team and sometimes you have to take a strong position also that you know this is legally not permissible so you cannot do this so when you are you to that kind of in depth research and analysis which uh, thankfully i was so for me the shift has not been a problem because you know of course there are certain aspects of law firm practice of independent uh, practice which are quite different from working within an organization but i think those are more of you know practices and policies of law firms compared to in house uh, uh, roles but as far as my practice my understanding my in depth research of the law itself is concerned i think i'm still uh, you know doing what i used to do and okay. uh, you know i uh, i had that keen interest even when i was in house so mm-hmm. it's never i never uh, you know relied on external sources i always did my own uh, you know checks i always went through, did my own research so, uh, because of those habits that i built in house i have also been able to you know so basically it's all about giving correct advice right so whether you are doing it to a to one client or now you are doing it to multiple clients but of Fair. course you know there are certain aspects of law firms which are different that you know there is billing there is of course it's a it's a slightly it's a different environment and you know uh, you're, you're advising multiple clients you're no longer just invite uh, advising one client in one industry 
so today you could be advising a client in the food industry tomorrow it could be the fashion industry the after tomorrow it could be a bank so that kind of flexibility is required from you when you're working in an in-house but the basics will always remain the same and uh, from that perspective i've never faced a problem and uh, i felt that like, you know with my experience i really felt that i could you know uh, do a kind of a uh, consulting and an independent practice and i could really give clients the kind of services that i felt they deserve so from that i think that was the main reason why i shifted from in-house roles to a law firm Absolutely, I think that somehow defines uh, what would go in uh, inside someone's mind who's trying to shift from one in-house role to one a law firm uh, role when it comes to being a partner, and also how uh, wonderfully you explained how there are differences in the roles uh, and the kind of effects that the both these job profiles have on someone's career. This brings this brings me to a rather uh, selfish question on my part also, but for all the law students who would like to know from you that when it comes to working in a law firm, which is I think a, a very uh, a, a job profile that is something which is very sought uh, after the what are those basic attributes that you would suggest or what are the things that you would suggest that fresh legal aspirants or law students should keep in mind to somehow make uh, their presence felt in a law firm or somehow be able to carve out a niche uh, for themselves in a law firm so uh, one is the willingness to work for long hours the willingness to uh, do a lot of research because uh, you know especially in your formative years uh, the thing that is expected from you is more on the research and the drafting part so uh, getting these two things clear so you know the ideal thing is to uh, do as many internships to work with as many seniors interact with more and more seniors so the more you speak to people the more you understand on you know how you can go about planning your own career so for law students my advice would be you know uh, just uh, you know uh, work with as many firms as possible uh, don't uh, just chase the bigger law firms because sometimes in a big firm you may not have a, uh, any kind of a role you know you may be uh, you may be a small uh, fish in a big pond and you may not be able to contribute in any manner so it is uh, sometimes it is also good to you know work with a small firm a mid sized firm uh, choose choose the partner carefully so whether it's an internship or whether it's a job uh, do your research okay. do your uh, understand you know what the who the partner is uh, understand what their practice areas are you know and just see where your interest lies so if you are interested in a particular practice area really pursue the partners uh, you know in firms who are from those practice areas and ask them questions and you know try to learn as much as possible from them and uh, secure internships there uh, also uh, if it may not be possible to always get internships you know the simplest thing is to just read so find whichever are the blogs which are relevant whichever are the articles which are relevant just keep reading because every time you know you invest time into something it's going to stay with you so uh, you know knowledge never goes waste so whether Absolutely. you get the knowledge theoretically or whether you get it through a practical experience uh, mm-hmm. a culmination of all that knowledge will always be there in your mind so true, uh, true. So I believe uh, this somehow answers the question that is it enough for me to just apply to a law firm through my CV and uh, my uh, statement of purpose? No, I should research on uh, the law firm. Perhaps look yes. forward to uh, this. I think you have already answered this question, but just for a clarity of thought here, uh, I would request you to please, if you could, uh, in a pointers, tell me that how should law students pick a law firm? Although you have uh, somehow covered this, but uh, when it comes to picking a law firm or deciding where to work and how to work, as you mentioned, that we should be aware. of whether we want to work in a top tier law firm or in a mid size law firm or which partner what would be those pointers that we should keep in mind so that we can make a note of them and start acting upon them 
Sure. So one is the you know the practice area. So if you are uh, interested in a particular practice area and you really want to grow in that, see sometimes uh, one's interests also change. So when mm-hmm. you start off, you know you may think okay, IPR is very cool, but when you actually go to work on it, you might feel oh this is more procedural and not enjoying it as much as I thought I would. So it's okay to you know so it's okay to experiment. See when you are a student, when um, even up to the first four five years of your career, it's the best time for you to experiment. You can always change. You can change sectors. You can change industry. Industries, you can change firms, you can change companies, and uh, basically just find out uh, where your interest lies and what really you know, uh, uh, what's your passion. Because uh, you know the way you consider something, and especially in law schools, uh, the kind of education that is imparted sometimes it's really limited, and uh, it does not give you an actual idea of what to expect later in life. So that's why uh, you know the best thing is to keep on experimenting and uh, uh, make a list of all the law firms that you are interested in. See which are you know which. Uh, Uh, firms specialize in which areas uh, see which partners are uh, listen to the partners speaking at different events uh, see which partners you think uh, when you approach somebody to be your mentor then uh, be sure that this is somebody whom you would want as a mentor this is somebody whom you aspire to uh, be like in the next 10 years and okay. uh, do that kind of research and uh, you know and really um, because uh, sometimes again you know the way you expect Uh, some people may not turn out to be that way so also uh, so do that kind of research do the kind of uh, uh, so basically do uh, read up a lot about the particular firms uh, try to uh, you know read whatever articles there are read uh, whatever deals that they have done in the last 5 years uh, whatever because all these details are published so most of these are there in all the Uh, you know, legal websites they will give you uh, so basically a thorough background check. And uh, if you're not sure, you can offer for a more general role in a law firm. If you are sure and you want to try your hand at a specialist law firm, then you can do that also. So many people have made great careers, you know, working in a niche field as opposed to you know a general one. So you could uh, you could and those options are there now. So you can offer competition law, you can offer data privacy, you can. Uh, of uh, working more on insolvency related practice so just find uh, which area you want to specialize in and zero in on firms accordingly absolutely and since you mentioned areas of practice we know there is data privacy that is something that interests you we as you mentioned that there are other areas such as insolvency perhaps there is law and technology that is now booming uh, what are those lucrative areas of law or areas of practice that you perhaps see uh, they are catching the traction or somehow providing opportunities for law students and legal aspirants that we uh, should be aware of in order to be able to exploit them so anytime you know a new law comes obviously that will become a hot uh, area of law so insolvency when it came you know so it's uh, within the last 4 5 years so the the court came and you know that became a big thing and now the data privacy bill and uh, across the world data privacy related issues have become so important Absolutely. with facebook and all the social media and you know and all our details are available everywhere all the time uh, including details by which we can be personally you know identified so they become of a very sensitive nature so okay. uh, that so the so it's important to understand you know which area of law has come into focus because of what you know uh, recently there was a huge uh, you know shift towards uh, uh, prevention of sexual harassment at the workplace because you know the law was passed and then there was a requirement to set up a committee and then a lot of people wanted to specialize in that they wanted to mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. give training sessions on that and and because so when a new law comes a requirement comes along with it you know to cater to that and of course there are certain 
areas which developed maybe uh, not that recently but maybe in the last 20 years like competition law consumer protection uh, you know uh, intellectual property because obviously you know 50 years ago these things were not that popular but the whole uh, idea about specializing in something like this and you know really growing a practice uh, which is focused on one area of law that is something which has again you know happened the last few years uh, if you like to advise startups then that is also something you can consider because that is not uh, again it is not something which is related to a specific area of law uh, a startup could face issues uh, you know panning across uh, multiple areas of law uh, you know they would want to know how to register their company they would want to know how to protect their brand they might have operational issues but again you know because of the so basically as the economy grows as the legal system changes a lot of laws come into place a lot of requirements are built up and basis those requirements you need to build uh, your skill set and your area of expertise as well perfect perfect and as you mentioned that there are changing times and with changing times there are new uh, opportunities that open up being quite aware of the same the yes. pandemic is obviously now changing the entire industry for better or the worse is uh, somehow transforming the practice uh, in different ways possible what do you think is the impact of pandemic on legal practice and what are the changes that we should be aware of so for so firstly you know lawyers are very adaptable human beings so wherever required you know we will fit <laughs> then we will find a way so absolutely you know uh, when the pandemic started of course there was chaos but then you know law firms and lawyers they you know they basically changed their so they so uh, the job of a lawyer is to basically understand the changing requirements of the client right so, uh, the general business may not was initially not happening but then clients wanted to know that you know what about a existing mm-hmm. contracts what about our contractual obligations force majeure there were multiple webinars and sessions on force majeure what does it mean okay. before that nobody was even looking at it in a contract you know and mm-hmm. suddenly it became very relevant because suddenly everybody realized okay this can be classified as a force majeure we can use this as an excuse to not pay we can use this as a excuse to you know uh, get some uh, maybe uh, additional timelines under our contract basically lawyers i think um, have really adapted and there is uh, one thing that you know for corporate lawyers i always feel that you know work from home if it can be done then why not i mean uh, because again i think that is something which the pandemic has also taught most law firms that it is possible to survive you know even outside the brick and mortar building of your office uh, mm-hmm. the work has been continuing the work hasn't stopped for a day so uh, you know i think um, um, people have obviously become wiser i don't know whether this wisdom will last when the pandemic uh, gets over but i'm hoping it will and people are also uh, realizing that you know uh, it's possible to and uh, uh, using technology as a friend you know uh, uh, there are multiple uh, uh, finally uh, people are realizing that technology can be your best friend you can really use it to uh, see there's not as uh, all the meetings have happened over zoom all the meetings over have happened over microsoft teams so the kind that kind of uh, you basically realize that it is not possible you don't have to always sit face to face across a table over a cup of coffee to you know really discuss issues that, that may not always be the case so this is something that you know lawyers have realized they've adapted to it and a lot of the you know since the deals are also going slow transactions are going slow so a lot of the legal work has changed more in the opinion of advisory and uh, you know providing correct opinions to their clients and of course business has been picking up in the last one or two months uh, as well you know since mm-hmm. the lockdown conditions have been uh, uh, eased a little so things are returning to normal but uh, of course it uh, would probably take another 6 months or so for things to be absolutely fine but i think uh, there has been a shift and uh, again you know the various areas of uh, there are different areas of law that uh, focuses now 
turning to like i said data privacy labor related issues when the pandemic initially started you know that was the first question on everyone's mind that do we need to pay our workers or not so these are the kind of uh, so the uh, questions changed but uh, i think the role of lawyers will always be relevant <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. I think there was no better explanation to these questions. The kind of uh, uh, summarized in a way that can actually be understood by law students, legal aspirants to act upon them and somehow try to adapt to the various possibilities. Uh, this has been a mind-blowing, mind-blowing conversation on multiple fronts. Before I end this conversation in any way, I just have a very uh, sort of a personal question here because I, I while researching for this episode of the podcast, I came across your book that you've authored, and uh, this might sound like a rather off-beat uh, question. But I think you've all heard a wonderful book. Uh, the book's named "The Gutter Princess: Diary of an Unwilling Prostitute," uh, and there you've authored multiple articles as well. My question to you, rather, is that authoring a book and writing has it helped you professionally as well? Yes, absolutely. So you know, I've been writing since I was ten years old. So okay. uh, it is something that keeps yeah. So uh, it is something uh, that keeps my mind fresh because you know uh, I generally uh, write fiction. Uh, fiction. So uh, you know, when you are uh, the the legal profession at times can be a little uh, you know stressful and challenging as well. You know, we have deadlines, we have multiple, and in the corporate world, you know the you know so the recently I was doing a session where we were talking about you know work life balance, and people are saying you know now work life balance just Come an illusion, you know. You can't really expect it. It's not about the number of hours that you get with your family. You probably need to add to the quality of those hours that you will get because you will <laughs> not be able to. Uh, you can never divide it equally. You do spend, you know, nine, ten, eleven hours of the day working. So <laughs> that is why you need to have some kind of an outlet, some kind of an interest, so that you don't get bogged down with your work and. Uh, i personally feel you know we should never be uh, uh, people with just one kind of personality or with just one kind of interest if you really want to be happy in life you need to have multiple interests and uh, mm-hmm. writing is something that really gets my mind uh, you know off uh, uh, you know any kind of work related stress and uh, if no- nothing else you know i'll just jot down my thoughts at the end of the day on uh, in a diary and uh, you know the, so you don't even uh, i'm not even looking to publish that but it's more like you know it's for my own, basically it's for my own happiness so perfect. i like to uh, yeah strive for a balance that way perfect perfect i think this uh this also explains why it is important for leaders and luminaries to reach to a particular point in their career to also have that kind of as you mentioned work life balance and also that teaches the fresh legal aspirants as to how they can also somehow inculcate these attributes into their personality to have an all round sort of an approach towards their career as well as their lives what a wonderful conversation and thank you so much for uh, taking thank time you so of much. your thanks for uh, having time. me absolutely do Thanks you have any so much and wish you the very best and uh, you're doing really good work so <laughs> keep it up thank you thank have you have a very so bright future <laughs> thank you thank you so thank much ma'am well that's a wrap thank you for joining us for this amazing conversation the one take show is now available on 10 platforms if you want to watch this conversation Please subscribe to our YouTube channel The One Take Show. Please consider rating this podcast if you use Apple Podcasts so that I can reach out to more and more people. If you have any suggestions and feedbacks, make sure you reach out to me. I would absolutely love that. And ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves. Stay strong. I'll see you next time.